I'm gonna marry the night I won't give up on my life I'm a warrior queen with passion and lead and I'm gonna marry the dark Gonna make love to the stark I'm a soldier for my own emptiness I'm a Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. Uh, you can find us online at Gleeful Podcast on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Rinell. She's a Jenny B. Creative. He is at Edward G. Ordano. Good evening, everyone. Hello, hello. We're here to discuss the latest episode of Glee Season 3. No, wow. I wish. Season 5. Mm. Oh, hold on, hold on. No, you certainly do not wish it was the latest episode of season three. <laughs> certainly not. Because we still have season four ahead of us. That's that. true. Uh, so season five, episode four, uh, entitled I, I, Katie I, I, I'm, I'm having a feeling that we have very different opinions on this episode. I, I think I, we will. We will We will definitely get into that. We're not going to disagree, and it's going to be fabulous. So fabulous. <laughs> well, let's, I, I mean, I want to start right off. Uh, this episode is entitled A Katie or a Gaga, and the concept, the conceit, if you will, uh, is that you are one or the other. You are either a Katie, uh, and we'll discuss how that's defined. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. You or a Gaga. No, no, that's that's my question though. Like Ed, tell me how when you heard that a Katie, excuse me, if you heard yeah, a Katie I, or a Gaga, how is, did you define it, and which are you? The problem is. Many people assign themselves to one or the other, and they there's for some reason that uh, the world, including women, feel the desire that only one woman could be at the top. It is a fortunate effect of our reality. Like, like you don't have the same wars that like it isn't like it isn't like people are debating John Mayer versus James Blunt. Although I already know <laughs> who would win, but but I uh, even but if you're talking like for some reason there's like whole psyche where two women can't be at the top. And although I don't believe that's true, a lot of people do identify themselves as a KD fan or a Gaga fan, and I am most certainly a Gaga fan of the two choices. That being said, I li- I, I enjoy Prism, I enjoyed uh, Teenage Dream, I enjoyed One of the Boys. Like uh, there's, but if you're if you're making me side, I'm gonna pick Gaga. But I'm not going to. I, d- I don't renounce Katie. <laughs> but my question was not. Are you a bigger fan of Katie or Lady Gaga? No, no. And I mean, according I, of to the two, I am a Gaga. Of the two, I am. A Gaga. You are okay. Oh. According to Edgar in the chat room, uh, option C is Miley Cyrus. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Miley Cyrus, uh, I, I, no respect, disrespect to her. She does fantastic stuff. Can't be taken as seriously one of my top songs of all time, but Miley Cyrus is not in in my mind the same bracket as the Katie versus Gaga. Uh, especially, well, and what 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 solidifies the Katie versus Gaga debate still to this day? Besides them both being popular females, in well, what makes it a stronger debate than the Nicki Minaj versus Mariah Carey is that both stars breakout years was two thousand nine. That was the year that Just Dance and Poker Face hit, as well as I Kissed a Girl and Hot and Cold. That was two thousand nine was breakout year for both of them. Gaga won that round, but then. Few years later, in the battle of Teenage Dream, Firework, Last Friday Night, one that got away, versus Born This Way, Judas, Mary the Night, You and I, Edge of Glory, Katie won that one. Now here we are at round three of the battle: Prism versus Art Pop. It has yet to be determined who won. So, what what I'm realizing right now is that. This is like if they were to do a Beatles versus Stones. Let's—that's not a good example. If they were to do a Beatles versus Monkeys episode, 
and I was like nerding out. This is your Beatles versus Monkeys episode. Like I'm totally getting right now that this is the episode for Ed. That that this is totally your bread and butter. This style of music, these two performers, oh, this yeah. place in pop history. Yeah. This is you. Yeah, of course. I'm. I'm. If I were to pretend to be anything less than completely cognizant of the modern pop music scene, then. What, what am I doing here? <laughs> so my question to you, though, wasn't so... Well, in addition to are you a Katie or a Gaga, Ed, my question to you is uh, how do you define the, the those two concepts and how do you think the show is trying to define it? Because one of the struggles I had with this episode, and we'll get into this a little bit more. We're kind of jumping right into the, the deep That's end. That's okay. But, um, but one of the struggles I had with this episode is I wasn't 100% sure how they were defining a Katie or a Gaga. They seem to be, uh, by the concept of a quote-unquote Gaga, they seem to be just saying like these were the button pushers, the aggressive ones, the people that were really trying to do something large and gimmicky and and I guess already well, I guess okay, I but, but I hang, on, hang, hang, but the, hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on and then the Katie they come on to define later as being kind of kind and sweet and girl next door uh, which I wouldn't define Katy Perry at all with either any of those words but that seemed to be what they tried to be doing in the show so my question to you Ed is how do you define a Katie and or a Gaga and how does that jive into what you think the show was trying to do. I, I completely see this show's version of... I understand it. Gaga is about the theatricality. That is what... That is her thing. She is, she is the theater. She is, she is shock value. And whereas, I see what you're saying, it's more like Gaga becomes the outfit and Katie wears an outfit. I think this is the distinction. Like, like, like even though, even though, especially in the teenage dream era of Katy Perry. She was she was verging into Gaga territory with with the whipped cream bra and the being naked on the cover of Teenage Dream. I mean she was verging into Gaga territory but and with the crazy wigs. But that being said, she was she was always wearing an outfit and she was never becoming the outfit. That's interesting. It, uh, you, uh, that's you, a very apt description I think. Well, um, my biggest problem with Katy Perry has always been that, been that I feel she's incredibly false and that the music um, isn't really saying anything. And even though I don't particularly like Gaga's music, she always has a pretty definite statement in every song. And uh, and yeah, I mean, that that actually is a, that's very insightful. Ed. I, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, Thank Gen- you. Jennifer, that, hey, I, if oh, I pretend sorry. to be anything but an expert of this, no, I, that's I, awesome. I, no, this is awesome. I'm, I'm enjoying the crap out of that. Uh, Jennifer, a Katie or a Gaga, which are you? Um, I don't, I don't know that I would be either. And and the thing is, it's like I'm still trying to wrap my head around, you know, the, you know, one of one of the other conceits that they were trying to say was well. Gaga is dark and dangerous and Katy Perry is, you know, um, you know, squeak clean and, you know, virginal and, you know, the good girl. Well, mm. well, I mean, of the two, like, if you look strictly at the music videos, a lot of Gaga's, especially of recent era, have been black and white. Gaga and then Katy Perry's are literally candy coated. Right. Literally. That, right. That is yeah. not, and, and, and I get that, like, visually. But when they... You know when they're they're when they're saying you know who are you inside and and the fact that you know you know Marley has this yet again freak out over nothing. <laughs> it's it's just it's like to me it feels very forced and uh, superficial and not really um, giving well, either artist credit. I think there's more insight to what what I've said about Katie wearing an outfit and Gaga becoming an outfit that could be. Could could be could be led like, yeah. Like there's there's more to that 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 is about Marley. There's more to that. That's true. I mean, it, I, I'll I'll go around and ask kind of everybody like your temperatures on the episode. But Jennifer brought up my the my main takeaway from this episode of Katie or Gaga. It just felt forced. Everything to me in this episode felt forced. It felt like they were reaching for some kind of deeper meaning in a Katie or a Gaga. Who you are? Who do you want to be? Are you a button pusher? Are you a pop star? Like 
it, it, it felt very forced and it felt like they were trying to achieve something that they didn't really set up in the long run. Um, I didn't hate this episode. There were some cool things in it. Um, it felt like there was five minutes that got cut for some reason. There was a lot of stuff happening that seemed to be without justification. Um, so, but all in, the, it, it, in the end, all in all, um, I thought it was, I'd give it like a C, a C plus on, on an 8F scale. To me, it was just, it was just okay. It wasn't the Spanish teacher. But um, it certainly wasn't, you know, the uh, the the quarterback. So, um, well, so yeah. Uh, that, okay. See, I guess I'm just gonna butt in with my opinion. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, and I'm gonna, <laughs> go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna officially take the quarterback out of all my judgment for for like. It was when the I first say... thing that came to mind, but you're absolutely right. I would I uh, the, the spectrum being the Spanish teacher or journeys. How's that? Okay, that is that is that is a better because in my mind the quarterback is just it stands on a layer that can't ever be achieved yes ever again and yeah. shouldn't ever be achieved ever again so yeah that is so it's in its own class it probably will win some kind of primetime emmy nomination for best single episode or something absurd but which i'm not saying it doesn't deserve but in terms of this episode this season minus the quarterback episode so of the three episodes <laughs> i mean how how could this not be my favorite episode? The one-liners were witty. The 2.0s weren't just shoved aside to be to have one dance to have one unit. Sue kind of, for all of her waffling, this waffling felt like kind of believable in her waffling sense. And <laughs> and, and who who doesn't love Brie? Who doesn't love Brie? So it makes me sad to think that William McKinley may be a remnant of the past in December. In January, it, it might that might happen, and I'm kind of sad. But you mean as patron state, but as patron state of 2.0s and 2.5s, I, I must. I must. Well, the the rumor is that they'd abandon McKinley High next season, um, but you're saying like at the well, second I, half I, of this they, season. I imagine they probably wrote the first half, right? I don't know television as much as you know television, but I'm imagining that they wrote the first 13, 11 episodes already. And they're already going to do those, and that's probably going to... The key of that is graduation of Tina and Blaine. And then what you do from that moment, it could go either way. I mean, Mar I don't believe Jake, Ryder, Marley, Kitty are... None of them are star. They're all just recurring. That's Their their contract is recurring. They're not stars of the show. Yeah, so, I see what you mean. Uh, so, Jennifer, your, your temperature on the episode? I thought it was okay. Um, I'd give it a B minus. I, wow. you know, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I thought the performances were fun. Um, I felt, you know, yeah, I felt it was very staged and manipulated, and you know the, yeah, I liked. I thought I liked some of the characters in it. Uh, I didn't hate all of the two point this time. Just. The usual suspects, <laughs> but you know, Kitty. Kitty was really cool and, and unique. She was awesome, and oh yeah, unique brought it. Um, in unique know. was on point in this episode. I, yeah. This she saved. Yeah. Like oh, the, she totally did. She easily knocked the episode up a half a grade for yeah. me. Absolutely, she was awesome. And I, you know, I like the the stuff that's going on in New York. I mean, as unbelievable it is that. You know, Rachel is preparing for her first lead on Broadway, juggling schoolwork and a part-time job, but yet she's going to join a band. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I don't know. I'm still, I'm still in, enjoying all the, the the characters and the performances. And, you know, I just, I, I, I realize I just have to, I, I can't expect a certain level of believability and realism to the the episode but yeah i mean as far as the theme went i felt it was forced but then again i really enjoyed the costumes and the performances so that's why i was like oh, i don't know b minus uh yeah you're right i'll go up to a c plus because i did yeah. enjoy the costumes um <laughs> i'm not a big fan of applause staging the was song awesome but i thought the staging was pretty cool oh my god yeah um well let's dive right in uh it opens up with uh with will schuster bringing in a secret list of who they will be performing against in nationals apparently this list was not such a secret because everyone had it uh but uh they're be they're afraid of throat explosions which That's has to be the worst name for a fictional <laughs> glee club that they have 
presented us yet. Yeah, there's throat explosions. There's nothing hey, you know, like you know funny or double explosion entendre from, about it. It's just what, kind of what all these, bizarre. Sorry. Go ahead, Ed. Oh, sorry. With all, all these, all these other uh, Glee clubs throughout history have promoted hard work, yeah. uh, consistency, working on your craft, all all these all the cornerstones of a great show choir. But you know, the one the one thing that Millie McKinley had was was being the outcast. But now they have a hardworking outcast, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh shit, that just went that just went and happened." That that whole setup was pretty absurd. I mean, there's a part of me that just thinks I would be I'm okay with vocal adrenaline always being the bad guy. Like, so vocal adrenaline gets a new leader. Like, they get a new coach, and they're coming back this year, and they're going to make it happen. And they they broke the rules so that they can get to nationals. I don't care how they work it out. I don't need a new Glee club to care about. Like, well, the thing, the thing it, is, it's, if it's they weird. did that, they would not not to say that Jessica Sanchez is not available because I'm sure since she got dropped from her Interscope, she would be looking for that paycheck. But <laughs> uh, she. I'm. They would. She. They said. She, I believe they said last season that she was a sophomore or something. So she would still be a sophomore. So she still should be. The I don't. I don't care about continuity at all. I, I'm literally saying all they have to do is say, vocal adrenaline is going to be competing against us in nationals. And I, as a person, as but a viewer, already, know how what beat, that means. They already beat vocal adrenaline, so they needed. They needed. A bigger dragon to fight. <laughs> anyway, yes, I, I, I suppose that was the logic. It didn't work for me, but we do get uh, throat explosion coming in in this episode, and that causes all of the Glee Club to decide if they are a Katie or a Gaga. They get divided into groups. The Katies have to perform a Gaga number. The Gagas have to perform a Katie. I was very bothered by the amount the Katie to Gaga ratio in the Glee Club. I was very concerned about that. I thought it was fifty fifty. No, it was no. four five four five. Uh, so well, there's nine people. I mean, you got to divide them somewhere. <laughs> Technically, Jake was a floater. Jake could go either way. He didn't seem to care that much. But they put see that that's what made it weak is because Jake Jake was put into the Gagas, which really means it was six three. <laughs> which no, means though, which is not a good ratio for me. <laughs> now they opinion. did per- they did perform uh, on the the Gagas or the Katie's doing Gaga performed applause and the Gagas doing Katie um, performed Wide Awake uh, and putting out to Jennifer uh, who do you think won the applause Katie's or the well, Wide Awaking Gagas? They're they're just such different performances. I mean. <laughs> I liked the, I you know what actually I can't even really compare because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Like of course I liked the you know the costumes and the, the 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 spectacle of the applause performance, but I liked the performance of the uh, you know the Katy Perry song. Are we, okay, let's okay let's pretend pretend for a moment this was <laughs> this was some weird offshoot of uh, that show that Ben. Ben Folds was Judge on. What was that? Uh, that was sing off. Off. The Sing Off. Yeah. Sing. It's coming imagine back. You, ima- imagine that these were these were the final two in the Sing Off. Who who is getting your vote? Who is getting your vote? You're voting for somebody, right? Presumably, if you're watching this. I wouldn't vote for either of these personally. I mean, no, this, I don't watch too. the Sing Off. If, if I was if I was watching America's Nick, I do watch. I watch the Sing Off. I love the Sing Off, but I don't watch it for performances like this. Um, I, if I was watching America's Best Dance Crew, uh, which I don't, but I would expect okay, to see okay, something what, like what this. this a, I realize this is this is obviously not going to happen. But what if this was the final two on America's Got Talent, and this is what they did? <laughs> I, I would which, give which it is, to the Gaga's doing Katie. You'd be, bo- you'd be voting for the yeah. applause performance. No, she'd be I voting for the Wide Awake performance. No, she said the oh the Gaga's do oh she yeah. voted for Wide Awake. Okay, folks. Interesting. She, I. Would unfortunately, as much as as much of a Gaga as I am at heart, if I of the two performances, the one that touched me inappropriately was the uh, Wide Awake performance. So. Interesting. Well, let's take let's take a listen to the Wide Awake performance then, uh, and we'll and talk. Would you, which would you have picked? Uh, oh, I I mean, I I I don't like either of them. Quite frankly, I, I can't understand. stand either of them. But uh, there must be okay. Gun held to your head. 
Who are you? Who are you? I'd, I'd go with applause. I'd go with applause okay, because if nothing else, like you know, costumes are fun. Uh, yeah, the costumes were fun. Sam's abs. Yeah, seriously, what's that about? That's a, the, yeah. I don't that's know. not even cool. That is inappropriate <laughs> touching. It was inappropriate. I wish I knew then what I know now. Wouldn't dive in, wouldn't bow down. Gravity hurts. You made it so sweet till I woke up on on the concrete, falling from clam Here's my problem with this song and Roar, and pretty much everything Katy Perry's do, done on this new record, which I've only heard the singles, I've only heard three or four of them. Um, it's just she's like take she took a list of cliches and like stitched them together, because like the lyrics to this song and Roar is even worse. It's just a list of cliches that she's like stringing into a theme, um, and it just annoys me. There's no value to it. Like I, I, there's no depth to it. That said, this is a reasonably pretty melody. It's a very pretty melody, and I, I just, I really like the way their voices all work together in this. It doesn't feel like, it, it feels like a really cohesive ensemble as opposed to, you know, a random grouping of people. Hmm. I just thought together they worked really well, and I, I just thought it was really pretty. That's why I went with this one. Yeah, the one thing at uh, CMO Hala in the chat room mentioned this um kitty's voice didn't sound right on this one that was the one person that i felt was she was kind of squeaky in it there was something about her delivery that didn't work but i i i mean in this episode especially i'm such a unique fan like i can't uh, like she was amazing in this and she got all the best jokes i don't know apparently the writers just like writing it just she Yes, I mean, I mean, yeah, she had her rant going, but there was a subtlety and a passion about, you know, her her role in this episode, and I thought it was great. So it was kind of there's a lot of little things going on in this episode. I think that's one of the other things that I struggled with. There's a lot of little things, like we got that very sh- brief moment with uh, Kitty and Artie, um, and then we got some other random moments with Unique. Uh, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to uh, the, the main McKinley plot lines we had were Sam and Penny. And then we had Marley and Jake or Jarley. Uh, so let's take a little, let's talk a little bit about Pam, uh, Penny and Sam, pa- apparently Penny claiming to have a dark side and Sam dark trying to appeal. Side. Yes, a dark musical side and Sam trying to appeal to this dark musical side by uh, going gaga and going aggressively gaga. You had pointed out that the stage lights were $25 <laughs> a piece and well, there was like 30 of them. Yeah, no, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, doing a little shopping at Home Depot <laughs> lately. <laughs> but yeah, what do we think about Penny? Like, does, is Penny still interesting? Jennifer, what do you think about the Penny Penny and Sam uh, uh, duet? I, I still <laughs> am enjoying the idea of it, and I think they're really cute together. I just, you know, this was one of those absurd things where, like, oh, you're squeaky clean, yeah, I'm dark. Oh, you're dark, I'm dark. I'm not really dark. I'm not really dark! Okay. <laughs> Done. It just, like, to me, that was just so, and, like, yeah, you're right, you know, when you, when she sees the thing in his locker, and he's like, oh, it's about this 15-year-old, da 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 I also thought it was going to be an age thing. Yeah, you're too young for me, because you know True Jackson VP. Right. Which, what kind of a poll was that? Ed, True Jackson VP? That was such a poll. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of Old school. Is it a real thing? Oh, yeah, it was a show on Nickelodeon. Okay, so... <laughs> or Disney Channel? I think no, Nickelodeon. he said Nickelodeon. He referenced I, I, I was unaware of this fact, but apparently I've been like conditioning myself for reality television since youth, watching Legends of the Hidden Temple. That show was awesome. Legends of the Hidden Temple? Wasn't that like a game show? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I used to watch it all the time. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so, so, so all of that aside, now that they've got past their, you know being false to get the other person interested and they're just going to accept each other I think it's really cute 
And it was funny, though, watching Mr. Shu, as you pointed out, watching them walking to the auditorium together. And it's like, it doesn't matter how old they are, even if they're only two years or three years age difference. He's, you know, she's faculty. He's a student. And that's just... Yeah, uh, I, that's not that's inappropriate. I had pointed out during the wide awake number when they walk in, and if you look to the side of the screen, like they walk in and sit down, and Mr. Schuster does a double take, like he kind of does this, like, "Hey, look, there's Sam, and there's Penny." Wait, 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 what? Gives <laughs> like, a little side eye. Seriously? Um, yeah, I mean, technically, she is faculty, so it's a little strange, yeah. and the show doesn't seem to have any interest in dealing with that aspect of their relationship, though. So well, the, I wonder the if they're is, not going to. We, Unfortunately, Penny is just a two-bit surrogate for Brittany, and it, and and of of all the storylines, Charlie one, I rank this as my least one that I cared about this this episode. I find I, anything more interesting than Charlie. I find <laughs> Sue and Becky more interesting than Charlie. Well, okay, Sue and Becky are interesting, so you need to raise a higher bar than that for me. <laughs> I was, I was or giving. Lower bar. I was talking about a romantic couple. So even two people who aren't romantically involved are still more interesting than this. Well, I think I think a big issue that Charlie's having is that the writers are clearly having fun when they write Kitty, when they're writing Unique, when they're writing Bree even. But they, they're like, oh, we need to be serious with Marley and Jake. And, and honestly, it, it isn't working. I mean... There's, there's parts of it that I like, and there's parts of it I don't like, but ha- have fun. At least have fun. At least if you're having fun, then then maybe some maybe you not caring about it could be like like for people not resonating with it, they'll find it excusable because they're like, well, at least at least the Charlie scene was fun. So <laughs> clearly, clearly, Marley is never going to be the serious emotional anchor for the show. Stop trying to make it happen. That just like you should stop trying to make Cara Monica happening. She's in ha- she's in coming on the show again. Okay, <laughs> that was a that was a Big Brother poll. No one, no one. I was, I was reading on this forum. And, like someone was like, someone was like, my dream, my dream team for Big Brother All Stars to include etc. names, and they include Cara Monica. And the next, the next, uh, who got eliminated second on Big Brother fourteen, by the way. And then the the comment right below was like, stop trying to make Cara Monica happen. It's not gonna happen. Bring stop it back. Bring it Marley. back, Ed. Stop. I was, I was, I was bringing it back. Stop. Stop trying to make Harley happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen this way. She's, yeah, there's just no I, way we're going to care about her as much as we cared about Rachel or Quinn yeah. or Santana well, thing, or anybody. This is not going to happen. Like Santana and Brittany, they had funny lines without too much seriousness, and every freaking buddy loves them. So clearly. If they take they they care about them seriously. Clearly, trying to go about Marley being serious to tr- so that other people treat her seriously, it ain't gonna happen. We tried it. We felt bad for her. We we cried into her newsies cap. Like it's not gonna happen. I love Marley, but have fun and that's that's have fun. Well, the the problem I had in this one with with the whole Charlie plotline, um, you know, I I felt like okay, we're gonna try to give them some time. We're actually gonna try to flesh them out and and you know good on you for giving it a whirl but it pops up really late in the episode it comes kind of out of nowhere this whole plot line um jennifer had even pointed out it feels kind of like the exact same thing we did with marley during the grease episode where mm-hmm. she's like i can't be something i'm not and pretending and then the whole you know i i'm not rid i'm not really uh, eh, i'm not ready to to you know uh let you play with my boobs and uh, and then he him getting pissed off and going find to find somebody that will was so textbook. And the one thing that Glee annoys me is even like the Pam storyline is pretty textbook. You know, he finds a girl and he likes her and he tries to be something he's not so that he can attract her. And then it turns out he doesn't have to. That's pretty textbook. But it was done in the context of Gaga and Skrillex and weird ex-boyfriends that they're calling Dillweeds. And it was unique. And... Um, uh, it was it was not unique. It was clever. Uh, it was it was special. Uh, it was different. It, it had a glee spin on it, and the whole Jarley plotline in this episode was so done. Was so Degrassi season two, and and be, that's what really bothered me about it. And I think you know that's that kind of feels the way that 
Marley has been and 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 Jarley and Ryder. Um, it really feels like it, it, it. They haven't done anything Glee special with those characters, and, and this was I, this I was can, another case. Even even as patron state of the two point ohs, I can I can <laughs> concede I can concede that point that they are not doing the right things with them for people to, to care. And is as much as I say that I care, which I do on some level, and I thought there was some... I will give... I will always probably give your song more credit than you probably did. But that's... I, but they still need to do more. Like, we, we did the love triangle. There needs to be more. And, if, if, and honestly, if we're headed to a Jake, Bree... Marley love triangle. I'm freaking rooting for Bree. Like for real. Like like go Bree. Yeah, you take you take them. Like so you really like Bree. You seem to. Oh, you said that a couple oh, times. See see the thing with Bree is they're having fun writing Bree, so I'm having fun watching. Bree. And and I and my problem with Bree is that she was told to infil- infiltrate and destroy the Glee Club, but she's not in the Glee Club, and then she ends up dressing up in she's that gonna, Lady Gaga costume um, with really for no reason. That whole conversation she has with Sue... Yeah. <laughs> the whole conversation yeah, she that, has with that, Sue... That scene was a little weird. It, 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 was, it was totally... Un- she essentially just told us what happened before the commercial break. The, the only reason that scene existed. It, it was very weird. Well, yeah. and to see her... I hope she's I hope she's over 18. Uh, to see her <laughs> thing bod in that telephone outfit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, that watching it the second time, I thought, wait a second. She can dress like that in the school and not get suspended, but the entire Glee Club gets yeah. suspended because there's a dress code. Man, is that going to be next week's episode where the entire Glee Club is suspended for a week? That would be amazing. But then Marley is suspended from the Glee Club, so now you've got three fractions. You know, you've yeah, that, and that was weird. another really forced storyline was Marley getting suspended from the Glee Club. She gets so bent because yeah, she so didn't. Weird. You know, she she didn't go along with the theme. Oh my god, what, what, she's who, the very first person in five seasons to never go along with the theme. <laughs> uh, who who I'm, I'm thinking about the applause video. Uh-huh. What, who was who was Marley supposed? There's only well, he Marley wanted was, her to be in the seashell bikini that Gaga wore at the VMAs. I was I, was, I forgot about the seashell bikini look. I was like, is she the black swan or is she the or is she the the black? Hand bra, like which, which, which one of these? Oh, oh, the seashell bikini. Okay, exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. I don't even know what that is. But yeah, the you whole thing you is just. You know, the applause video. So... It's a, it's a, it's a spectacle. Yeah. Really, Lady Gaga put on a spectacle? No way. Um, you no, know, no, I unfortunately, unfortunately, there's been missteps. Cough, Alejandro. So you can't always get and as a glory video. Oh God, that's a disaster. So <laughs> that can't you. You can't assume that with Gaga. You could suspect with good reason, but you can't assume. No, no more assumptions. We, once you cross that Alejandro barrier, there's no going back. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just feel like all of Marley's dramas are just so fake and overblown, and then blown over. Like that's it. Yeah, and then totally. Well, well the, thing, the thing that made Marley work for me in the beginning is that the, she had the mother to sort of work off of, but without, without that, it's like. Yeah, she know. well, and and uh, Bree really had to like bring back all that stuff. Like it was kind of Bree's job. Uh, I think it was oh Edgar in the chat room said was not Edgar. I'm sorry. Um, typo in the chat room said Bree is essentially the new, and that's what you missed on Glee. Just in the middle of the episode, uh, she kind of <laughs> sure. just re rem- reminds us where everything is going on. Um, you know, it's. It, uh, I, you know, I agree with you, Ed. Like, I could like Brie. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the actress, but it's obvious that the she has some funny things to say, and the and the writers seem to enjoy writing for her. I could come around on Brie if they just give her a little bit of depth, just like they made us come around on Brittany and Santana. I could totally buy my, into my it. My only issue, my really only issue with Brie is that unfortunately we we you know we need to have twelve people, and I'm sure. Freaking Ryan Murphy is cursing somewhere <laughs> in some fancy Why bar. Why did I lay out that rule? 
Yeah. Why did I write that role? What was I thinking? This was stupid. Yeah, episode two, he like shot himself in the foot for six seasons. No, well, three okay. is going to inevitably join the Glee Club. That's true. We- and Penny so, will too, because we know Penny can sing. Yeah. No, you know what? They're gonna She'll find out that they're gonna find out that you know, even though she made it into nursing school, she's a few credit shy and has to go back to high school. <laughs> oh goodness me! Uh, oh, I don't, it's so good. I don't. I'm, I'm not. I don't disagree with repeating storylines inherently because that would be that would be a little harsh. I do disagree with them following them kind of so point by point like you could you could repeat these storylines like like let's say let's say it would at least would be different if every if absolutely everything was the same but brie was a male it, <laughs> it, it, i mean that at least would be not at least it wouldn't be quinn santana kitney at least yeah, it that's wouldn't true. be that so basically sebastian be, <laughs> you want sebastian back <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll, i i follow, i found grant gustin on twitter and he talks way too much Aww. about baseball where did i see grant gus i saw him in a movie oh he's in uh house at the end of the street and he's really not good <laughs> well no it's not him the movie's really not good um all right well let's take a listen to applause uh this was the katie's doing gaga performing applause um and here's a bit of that uh on the gleeful podcast viewers are getting a great are getting a special one this week uh so that was applause performed by the katie's doing gaga um the, i i don't hate applause uh i can't listen to it without thinking of uh exercising hamsters um, uh, really i can't think, i can't listen to it and not think of um tinkerbell tinkerbell oh because it's totally that tinkerbell line uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can get that. Oh my I mean, goodness! Now, yeah, it, it's it's kind of comedic. What's the thing about this song to me is it's such like it's such an Andy Warhol, Klaus Nomi like. Well, it, it's he really cites, he cites Andy Warhol as the main inspiration for this upcoming album. So. Yeah, I, I, it really is like from a different time, or it references a different time. It's not like it's not like Chaim, which is you know let's make an '80s record and not add anything to it. Um, it, it references a, a, a different time, and I, I kind of appreciate that about it. And I, and I think the hook is pretty solid. I, I don't hate applause um, as much as I hate uh, roar, which we'll get to a little later. Well, applause <laughs> is probably. I'm not saying it's it's definitely in the bottom half of Gaga singles. That is not. I can't. I I will say that. Mm, I know it's. I know it's above a few. Inclu- Mary the Night is probably my second least favorite wow. <laughs> I'll I, take this over Born This Way any day of the week. I hate that song. What? Born, okay, Born This Way touches me very inappropriately and I, I cry sometimes when I listen to the country <laughs> version that she put out. Which you should all listen to the Gaga Born This Way country version because it's so good and it brings me tears. Okay. Uh, so let's take the long journey to New York and we'll talk a little about uh, Kurt oh, starting like, a band. Long, so like, like instant journey. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Just like on Glee, we're gonna blink our eyes and be in New York. Okay, Kurt. Okay, Kurt. Totally. I I tweeted this at you. I was like, he did not just call out my third favorite season of Project Runway like it was trash. Oh. No, no, no. Jennifer, Jennifer had a totally different interpretation about that. What did What did you say, Jennifer? So to me, I didn't get that he was trashing the contestants in um, Project Runway at all. He, no, I he, think he, he was just. That. No, he was saying that he was just several seasons ago. Like to me, he wasn't calling no, him no, bad. No. He was just season calling him dated. Regarded by 
many a Project Runway fan. Not me though, by many a Project Runway fan as the as the least talented season. Ah, is, well, so so I didn't so, come across that way to me though at all. Like I just took that as like you know that's so yesterday type of thing. Well, it, it was it was just so funny. I was like, oh god, uh, you know, you know, Irina wasn't the most likable winner. We know, I know, I know she wasn't the most, but but it's okay. And Carol Hannah really didn't deserve a spot in the final three. We get it, but. But you know that's that's you're discounting the work of Christopher, of uh, Logan, of Althea, and Irina was good. She had some good stuff in there. <laughs> the Nazi, the Nazi-inspired military female dresswear was legit collection and deserved to win out of the final three. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> not that I'm nerding out about Project One Eight. At all. So the funniest thing about this is in the promo, when Ian Brennan's reading the promo, you know, his whole, and that's what you missed on Glee, he starts off and he says, uh, and Kurt's starting, or uh, he says, Rachel got the lead in Funny Girl and Kurt's starting a band. Uh, really? When did this happen? Like, did he mention that at any point? Apparently, Kurt told us at some point in episode two that he was going to start a band, and here he is starting a band. Now, Kurt's thinking in starting this band is he says it's creating his brand and because he can't be in Adam's apples anymore because apparently he got kicked out because he got engaged which seems sketchy and weird but he's going to go ahead and, and and start a band to me i'm thinking like don't shouldn't you be like at school or at your part-time job like you kind of have enough stuff going on already but he's going to go ahead and start a band anyway and he's going to draft in all the other people that kind of already have a bunch of stuff going on already this band plot line to me did not make any damn sense at all it didn't make any sense it's super forced but a it gives adam lambert a paycheck which is good for anybody he should (laughs) he should really be on the american idol judging panel right now but regardless uh it's i i'm as a anti-claner i i am pro star child uh kurt (laughs) Sturt, I I don't know. Uh, So, so yeah, and and Apocalypse Six was the best band name they suggested. I actually like Nip Slip. I thought that was a good band name. Apocalypse Six was so good. (laughs) We can all agree that anything's better than Pamela Lansbury. That's a horrible name for a band. I was like, what? 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 That's a horrible name for a band. But the thing is, is that. so this whole plot line, I didn't, I didn't understand why it needed to be there. The, the one thing that I did like at it is I agree. I thought Adam Lambert was fantastic. It's so great to have his voice on the show. I'm so happy to have him there. He's not the best actor in the world. Uh, he's a little rough on the acting side, but you cannot beat Adam as a performer and as a, as a vocalist, um, unless you're Chris Allen, apparently. Uh, hello. Oh. <laughs> Hit it. Oh. Uh. No, that was because, that's because he's amazing. Prophecy, all hail Christy. Oh. <laughs> but so he's amazing, and that was great. But yeah, I kept thinking, like, why don't why doesn't Kurt just get a job in a bar where he sings or something? And and Adam is the the bartender. There's a hundred better ways to do this. I thought at Spotlight he had to sing. Wasn't that a part That's of the thing? That's true. Or... He has to sing in Spotlight. We've never seen that. Like, Adam becomes the other waiter. Like, everyone's a waiter at Spotlight. Like, hey, everyone gets a job. You know, you know what I'm really <laughs> sad about, for real, and I think I said this already before, is I love Demi Lovato in the role she's in right now, and I'm very sad that I know we have to lose her. I'm very sad. I, I wish we didn't. I, why do we have to lose her? I know why we have to. But, <laughs> I but think she's really good. I think she brings a nice pep to the New York side. X-Factor US Season 3 is a hot mess. Just run, Demi. I know you got that $2 million contract, <laughs> but just walk away. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So we have... They started a band. They ended up getting uh, uh, Star Child. And Jennifer, uh, what, I, what do you, how did you like having Adam Lambert on the show? I I was, I've always liked him. I think he's an amazing performer. I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, he's not the greatest actor, but he seems like he's going to be a a nice addition and I don't know if his is, you know, a temporary plan temporary stay like Demi Lovato who I also am enjoying cuz I she's just she's so cute and bubbly and and fun and you know, she just she's I'm really impressed because I know nothing about her and, and other than that she was a Disney kid, but she actually, with all of her, you know, public 
uh, you know, she's been very public about, you know, some issues that she's had and, but she seems just really down to earth and, uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be sad to see her go. So I don't know what Adam's deal is. I don't know what he's staying on. I thought for some reason, or maybe it was just speculation between you guys. I thought he was going to be a teacher. Yeah. I had heard that, but no, I think that's speculation. that was purely yeah. speculation. Oh, okay. But so, I, I appreciate him as a possible love interest for Kurt that is not tainted with the Penny Sam thing because we're we're mm. literally doing that. We don't need to do it <laughs> twice. Yeah. I don't I don't I it's hard for me to believe for a second that that Adam Lambert would be a kid in Paramus, New Jersey, who comes to New York to join some other person's band. Like I don't buy it. I feel like he's too good for that. And his whole Oshucks yeah. like Midwestern persona just doesn't work for me where if he was like a badass like you know i just got off a tour of wicked and i came here to record my record and just knocks kurt away with how awesome he is i think would be you know sweep kurt off of his feet by being so amazing i think is it a little more interesting to me uh than the way they're setting this up now yeah, and the the other thing that just really bothered me was like, really, nobody recognized him because he didn't have on eyeliner. Yeah, at the end when he's in the bar or in the restaurant, in the restaurant everybody's restaurant, like, like, "Who are you?" Uh, well, which also we, we know what he looks like with and without eyeliner. We and, we do, but even watching it back the second time, like I didn't think they send, looked that different. Like, <laughs> like like he, I mean, when you like, I don't know. If you if you ran into Gaga in like sweatpants, would you know it was her? I would, but would most people? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, it was definitely that, that has happened. There was there was this guy who was like, I looked up the name on my receipt, and I you know, found out that it was Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Mister Barkeeper in Nebraska, who should have asked for an autograph. Uh, so the other thing we learned from that is that Kurt is apparently the worst waiter in the world <laughs> because he's sitting there, he's ta- doing his whole like, hey, welcome to the welcome horrible place to, where I work. Yeah, uh, would you like one of a signature? Yeah. Yeah. And then he looks up. Uh, uh, seriously, <laughs> you are horrible. And yet he made enough tips to rent out a recording or a uh, practice room at Diada. So apparently Kurt's not too, too bad. Uh, anyway, there's not that much more to say about New York, except that it's unbelievable and it annoys me that Rachel is going to join their band because here's Rachel finally gets her dream come true. She's a student. She's got a day job. And maybe one of our listeners can correct me, but if you get cast in a Broadway show, do you still need a day job? Like if you get cast in a workshop for a Broadway show. Exactly. Like if you're in a workshop, I suppose you still need a day job because they don't really pay any money. But if you're actually cast as a lead in a Broadway show... Aren't Rachel's fathers like willing to do anything also for her? That? Her, get, her getting her getting a uh, Broadway spot is as close to a legitimate excuse to, for her not working as Absolutely. I've ever heard. Like, like I don't like like that seems pretty legitimate to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so so hey, I I I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jennifer. No, that's okay. Uh, so so you know you get you end up. Uh, 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 you're going to take your dream and you're going to try to split it with this other thing you want to do. You know, it does, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uh, Jennifer? Okay. Uh, well, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to Roar and then we'll come back and do some voicemails. Uh, this is Roar. We got the whole cast on this one, Lima and New York. And uh, here's a bit of that. So I said quietly Agreed politely I let you push me past the breaking point I stood for nothing So I fell for everything You held me down, but I got up Already brushing off that dust You hear my voice, you hear that sound Like thunder gonna shake your ground You held me down, but I got up Get ready cause I have enough I see it all, I see it now 
All right, let's go ahead and take a listen to some voicemails. Uh, we got a couple this week. Uh, here's Sammy. Hey, guys. Listener Sammy here, coming to you live from a Twitter fest with Caitlin and Joey's baby. Sorry for the howling dog next door. Anyway, so let's start with the positives. Adam Lambert was great in true Adam Lambert fashion. I feel like we took a time machine back to 2009 Adam Lambert, and it was a joy to watch. And that's about all I've got for the positives. First of all, since when does the Glee Club director have the power to suspend a student for not cooperating with an assignment? And since when is it okay to suspend someone because they don't want to wear a bikini on stage? <laughs> I mean, double standards much? Sam wasn't comfortable wearing the gold shorts in the Rocky Horror episodes, so he didn't have to. Artie wasn't comfortable being in the Men in the Kinley calendar, so he didn't have to. Kurt wasn't comfortable dressing in drag for national, so he didn't have to. But how dare Marley not want to wear a bikini? She's suspended. This, along with Will's impending Blurred Lines cover next week, is just stacking up layers and layers of creep factor in his corner. I don't know what's up with this season. It's like it's got multiple personality disorder. One great episode followed by a terrible episode. Repeat. I'm not sure how the writing has broken down this season, but it feels a lot like two different shows. In this episode, as well as in the prom episode, their attempts at the funny, mean rants by Sue and Bree have fallen completely flat. It's not funny, it's just mean and bad. Where does that go? They used to be so good at those. I don't know if it's the writing or the delivery, but it's just been painful to watch. Also, no one cares that the school nurse is dating a student? No? No one? Okay. Uh, I could go on, but I'll cut it short. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, we're in the same corner on that one. Here's Joey's Baby. Hey, Gleeful. Joey's Baby, and I'm about Joey's baby 956 here, trying to, obviously I'm having a little bit of a hard time tonight, uh, give my little review of a Gigi or Gaga. Um, I thought it was an okay episode. Um, some of the numbers I didn't really like. The beginning of Roar, the way it was filmed, and most of applause, just the way it was filmed did not work at all for me. And also, I really hope they give Darren Chris a raise, because that costume was ridiculous. <laughs> um, I really loved Wide Awake. I thought the arrangement was gorgeous probably the only one that I would even bother buying of the episode. Um, Penny Owens, still not really a fan, although she did mention that she is still a fan of the Jonas Brothers, and obviously, as I am too, she gained some points. Also, I think it's really cool that they have Phoebe's troll, because usually she she's a very in-between body type, and usually you see girls who are overly large or overly thin on television, and she's neither, which I think is fantastic, so I'm actually kind of glad she's on the show for that reason. Um, I really liked Elliot Starchild. I thought he was just brilliant, and I love Adam Lambert, and I want them to keep him for, like, as long as possible. Like, him swinging on the chandelier during his audition was, like, was brilliant. Awesome. I love it. Um, also, I continue to love Zantana because they're just adorable, and Danny called Zantana Babe, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, I loved Marley staying true to herself. Like, I thought that was great. Um, and I'm really, really pissed off at Shu for suspending her. I mean, like, seriously... I mean, obviously, she didn't go around it the right way, like, showing up to her, like, thing in the wrong costume. She should have gone and talked to someone about it, but because someone doesn't want to expose too much skin, like, that, for a student, like, do you want to see her skin chase her? What's going on here? <laughs> Personally, I was really mad about that. Um, and I have to say that the thing that kind of made the episode, even though I'm pissed off at him right now as well, was Jake dressed up as a cat as a gay thundercat, as you put it. I thought that was brilliant. I loved it. It was hilarious. Um, can't wait to see what you're thinking of Bye. That was funny to see him in the cat's, episode, or in the cat's costume. <laughs> you know what? And it's funny because it occurred to me shortly after we finished talking about the 2.0s, if this had happened any other season to any other romantic couple where, you know, the person, you know, what Jake did to Marley because, you know, she wouldn't put out, so he runs off. If anybody else had done that, we would still be talking about how outraged and hurt and upset we are with him. That's but we're, true. we're just like, eh, we were like he did it and happened. <laughs> that is so true. Well, I mean, he was patient. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know what? If he didn't like the way their relationship wasn't progressing, he should have broke up with her and moved on. Did, didn't he? Sort of. Well, not technically, but no. it will. Well, yeah, well, yeah. He, he did not. He he did what somebody wants. What somebody who wants to somebody else to break up with them does. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's. I now... mean, he, I'm sure I'm sure he's fine with continuing to date uh, Marley. <laughs> I mean, on, on paper, why not? He's a Puckerman after all. Uh, here's a, a Puckerman. They like a challenge. Right? Here's listener Sarah. Yes. <laughs> hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Sarah. Um, I felt like I had to call in and give a review of this episode in light of me uh, being hard on Ed because I actually liked the viewpoints in this episode. Um, I'm not saying I didn't really care that uh, Jake slept with what's-her-face Bree, but I really appreciated um, the conversation that he tried to have with Marley. I'm not condoning, like, pressuring a girl into doing something that she doesn't want to do. Of course, I'm not condoning that, but I feel like that actually wasn't what he was doing. Um, I feel like he was like, I really like you. Can we just kind of talk about this, as he said? Um, so, yeah, I, I actually appreciated a plot line, um, except I totally don't care that he went and presumably slept with Bree. So, <laughs> the writers still have a long way to go before I actually really care about them, but it was, it was a good step. Uh, second praise for 2.0 is that I thought their version of Wide Awake was absolutely beautiful. I actually didn't know that it was a Katy Perry song, because I don't really know a lot about Katy Perry. But I recognized it, and um, I have to say, like, I feel like Lee does a good job of taking Kitty Perry's song that I hear on the radio that is kind of annoys me and turns it into something really beautiful. Um, so, good on Katy Perry for actually writing beautiful songs, even if they're disguised in sort of annoying uh, instruments, whatever, arrangements. A um, couple other thoughts. Yeah, Adam Lambert, I loved him. Uh, he was American Idol at its absolute best, and it will never be the same again, which is why I don't watch it anymore. Um, I feel like the setup that Sue did with Glee possibly losing is a way to maybe move the show to New York. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, and the last, I'm going to say that overall I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, it was fun, and it felt like a fresh start um, sort of post fin uh, I appreciated the nod to him with Rachel and Kurt saying, you know what, like, it's okay to enjoy your life. That's what Finn would have wanted. And I felt like that was sort of a, a meta nod to the fans of, like, it's okay to still like this show without Finn. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what Corey would have wanted. And um, actually, after the last episode, I was kind of wondering how I feel on Glee, and I'm glad that uh, it came back so positively. So, I hope you guys um, feel the same, and I uh, look forward to the show. Bye. Thank you, listener Sarah. Uh, we got a couple quick ones. Here's this one. Hi, Josh Jennifer. This is listener Caitlin here. I wanted to leave my thoughts on the Katie or Agaga episode, which basically means talking about how much I didn't like it. There was almost nothing about this episode that I enjoyed. I thought it was all over the place, and I really didn't like the applause number, even though it looked kind of well done, the way it was shot at least. The uh, the vocals on Wide Awake were pretty good, and um, I'm not as big a fan of Adam Lambert as I thought I was, <laughs> but I, I didn't even know this episode was all over the place, and I think the only nice thing I really have to say about it is that Apocalyptic is a pretty great band name. <laughs> uh, can't wait for the show. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, have a nice week. Bye. Thanks. How, how can I disagree with someone so fundamentally and yet agree with them? It's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. I'm sure you're used to that. I, I felt the, uh, the gasp of horror. <laughs> she totally said, she said, she's like, I have nothing good to say about it. And then she went on to list things that she liked. I'm like, well... You had things that you had good things to say. You had good things to say. <laughs> it was it, okay. This episode had this is kind of this episode was akin to the season after Leona Lewis won X Factor UK season three. Leon Jackson had no chance of being Leona Lewis, and this episode had no chance of being the quarterback. But for what we got, it was pretty good. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. honestly, to everybody's <laughs> credit, I mean, nobody's saying anything scathing about it, and nobody's holding it to the same standard of the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's 
because you know the the tragic reality of the situation that made that episode happen hopefully will never happen again yeah it has to it can't be compared so i don't think you know i mean nobody's saying like oh after you know after the last episode this was a real letdown or it's a filler or it's a bridge or it's just a setup for other stuff it's you know it was not maybe as overwhelmingly exciting for some people but i don't i mean i think all in all people are pretty much on the the same wavelength about it they're more or less positive yeah uh here's another one hi gleeful it's marie um this episode what can i say about this episode maybe i spoke too soon it was uh (laughs) pretty bad um i hate to say this but the best plot line for me was the Jarly plotline. <laughs> I kind of went through up saying that, but it was the only plotline I felt was relatable, and I felt like it had the least amount of them saying Katie or Gaga, which they said a million times in this episode, <laughs> and I wanted to punch someone every time they said it. Ugh, it was gross. Um, yeah, I think them theming an episode around these two musicians was a bad idea. You know, a little pop overload, and the fact that Katy Perry is not a wholesome girl. Last Friday night, let's see, <laughs> yeah, taking shots, kissing, then forgot. I don't even remember the lyrics, but that is not a girl next door song like she's is supposed to be. It's just code for we want to make you hate. And these songs are popular right now, so we're going to do that. Yeah, it was a bad episode. Didn't like it. I want to throw up as I say. <laughs> that so um yeah I have a feeling you guys are gonna like either but I'm not too wrong I'll find out later bye what you were saying about last Friday night I think that speaks more to the collective uh, United States subconscious on the evolution of the girl next door oh that I'm not even gonna walk down that hallway. Oh, it is wait. We are an hour and a minute into the podcast. I'm, I'm, you can't. I'm, I'm not playing that game with you. I did. I, 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 that was I a whole. But that was a whole sack of crazy pants that you just dropped on the podcast <laughs> at an hour and a minute in. All right. This is why, this is why you keep me around, though. Oh my let's, god. Let's get, let's get I, I'm just gonna move on. I'm moving on. Here's here's listener Maria. <laughs> Hi, Josh and Ed. This is Maria Summer. I'm calling from Poughkeepsie, New York. And um, I actually have my five-word review for the episode is, Is Marley the new Tina? Um, this episode, she seems to get, you know, with her whole little incident during applause and running out in the Katy Perry costume, and she got suspended for a week for that? I don't know. It didn't make much sense to me. But um, there's that. And um, secondly, Tina, I thought, was, like, on the ball this episode. She was really, like, in control. She knew what they were doing. And I don't know when this side came out of her. I don't know if it's from being, like, homecoming prom queen, whatever year we're supposed to be in. But it was cool to see that side of her. And um, Unique needs to be used more. She (laughs) just makes everything so much better. Um, When she is with 2.0s that I don't care about, I suddenly feel like I actually care about them. So it's, it just brings, it elevates it to another level. And I liked how they divided the group stuff. So it was just the right mixture of original cast members with the new cast members, and it made it a little more bearable. Um, and as far as New York, it was really good to see them having some fun. Um, I'm really rooting for their characters. And, uh, you know, no matter the plot lines, the, those characters that I love are the reason, like, I and I, I think a lot of other people come back. So um, it's just really good to see them in New York and just, you know, living their lives and having fun and figuring it out. And, um, you know, I'm rooting for them. And this episode was was a good one. I was happy at the end of it. It gave me a joyful, gleeful feeling. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this is that's my message, and I just wanted to leave my thoughts. Can't wait for the show. Okay, bye, guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to have to cut it off there. We, we're going to leave a couple uh, off there. But um, I want to thank everybody for leaving voicemails. Uh, we are over an hour, so we're going to wrap this puppy up. Uh, but before we go, Ed, did you want to thank any iTunes reviewers? Yes, I did. Uh, we have 
Okay, if first preface, if you're not in the US tour, please send me a tweet at Edgardano so I know to read from the list of your country so I can do that. But from the US tour, we have two new reviews. Uh, e. Elliot one and at Aradia22, who claims that listening to us, it makes them feel a part of a, a real community. So, Thank a fam glee, if you will. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm, paraphr- <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little Our bit. Family. And uh, can, can, we, can we discuss for like 20 seconds American Horror Story Coven? No. No, we haven't seen we, it. Yeah, we haven't seen it. What? Sorry. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Like, we're all? busy. No, you've been too busy. We're totally going to watch it, and okay. we'll discuss it. Okay, Babel, right, but Babel Rub Gate has nothing on Coven. Well, but, of course. No question. No but, no, no, but it real like, okay. when I say it has nothing on Coven, it, it literally has nothing I'm on Coven. I'm getting close to pulling okay. out my headphone here. <laughs> <laughs> Stop All right. talking. iTunes reviewers. <laughs> I don't what? Oh, did you, is that all the iTunes reviews? Oh yeah, that was it. Just oh, two, awesome! Yeah. Well, but, thank you very much for reviewing yeah, us on we, the we, iTunes. We love some more reviews, but we're at, we are at 516, which is freaking amazing. Amazing, of course, yeah. wow. we love, amazing. We would, Thanks, we would love more because YOLO swag. That's a good reason. Right? <laughs> well, as long as people are listening every week, we have we have uh, 30. Well, we're now down to 25. At one point, we had 32 people listening live, which is amazing. So, oh my goodness! Uh, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com uh, on the Twitter uh, 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 at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And on Facebook, just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast, and you can talk to the other listeners there. We record usually on Sunday nights. If you'd like to listen live, just follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, and I'll tweet out a link. Uh, we usually record around 7, 7.30. Tonight it was 7.30 PST. And, uh, yeah, that's about... <laughs> sorry. I know. I ruined, I ruined your life, Josh. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Not, any, not even in the slightest. Uh, so... That's about it for us. Anything else, Jennifer? I'm going to bed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so exhausted. Tired. Hold on, it's 8:43, and you're tired. We we had a very big weekend. We went camping. I guess, I guess, I guess that's true. That is true. We that's went yeah. camping, and there were some very very late nights by the campfire. Yes. And oh, okay. One last thing. When uh, uh, Rachel is talking to Kurt about his band. And she says, just look at Madonna. She went from a, a rehearsal studio in the East Village to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, yeah, that took 30 years, though. <laughs> like, that wasn't overnight. If you're going to say she went from a rehearsal studio to the in the East Village to... MTV. Yeah, MTV. That took, like, seven years. So at least that's a slightly better comparison. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, everybody should get, you know... Their their goal their dreams come true within you know the first six months of moving to a new, new city. Yeah, yeah right. of course. Oh, oh, I wish. Oh, yeah, wouldn't I that wish. be amazing? Uh, for the Cleveland Podcast with Josh, Shin, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. Good night, everyone. Good night.